0: Welcome to The Reporter Podcast with Bo Berman. Hey everybody, welcome to Reporter, the podcast that delves into the minds and lives of broadcast news reporters and anchors delivering a behind-the-scenes look at their careers, methods, best practices, and some personal stories from the trenches of journalism. Today we have an incredible guest, Shannon Murray of Fox 4 in Dallas, Somebody who you might be getting tired of hearing this, but someone who yet again I worked with in my first TV market <laughs> of uh, Odessa, Texas. So, Shannon, thanks for taking the time.
1: Yeah, it's great to talk to you again.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's been it's been a little while, but um, yeah, I've uh, enjoyed uh, keeping up with your career and everything through uh, social media, as as one does. And um, yeah, and
1: it's it's not surprising to hear that you're talking to a lot of people from the past because we had a great group of people in our first market and made a lot of good friendships.
0: So We, we did. Yeah, it was incredible. It, like, it, all, it always reminded me of like, uh, and so just to be clear, we, we were at the same TV station, uh, CBS 7, KOSA TV in uh, Odessa, Texas. And of course, we covered Midland, yep. Texas as well, a few miles away. And um, but for people who like don't understand, I mean, how would you describe what it was like working in that market at that age of like you know 22 to 24
1: well first of all i always say that it was reporter boot camp because we were just learning so much um making no money working crazy hours i don't know about you but i cried a lot at night and in the office actually <laughs> just the pressure <laughs> the pressure of pitching stories and you know kind of that it was pretty intense at times. I mean, we'd get yelled at and and they wanted more from us and demanded better and demanded more. And it did make me a better reporter. Um, so I think it was just a really intense jump into the real world. Um, but I always tell people that I'm just so thankful for that time and for that experience because not only did I really learn a lot and and grow so much as a journalist, but I also, had a great experience there. I actually enjoyed living there. I made good friends. Uh, We were there during a boom, an oil boom. And so a lot of young people around our age were all moving there. So we had great friends in the news business and out of the business. And really it was, you know, if anyone under the age of 35, we knew in in Midland, Odessa. So, um, and, and it was a part of Texas that I'd never really experienced. I grew up in the Dallas area lived in Austin and in college and then moved to West Texas. And, you know, it was cool to explore that, that part of the state. It really, it feels so different. Um, so it, I had a great experience there. And I'm, I was, I'm very thankful I had that time in my career. Yeah. To really learn.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So after, after Odessa Midland, I'm trying to remember, did you, did you go to Austin for a while or did you go straight to Dallas? Yeah.
1: I went straight to, um, well, I went to Austin for three years and then came to Dallas. And I remember when I got the job in Midland, Odessa, my goal was to just get back to Austin. And so I even had it written in my contract. Um, I had a three-year contract and I had it written in there that I could leave in two and a half years for a top 50 market and specifically Austin, just in case Austin fell out of the top 50 or something like that. Um, if it, you know, got smaller or anything, which I knew it wasn't going to, but I wanted it to be written in stone that I could go to Austin early in, in two and a half years. And that's what I did. And I really didn't think I would ever leave Austin. That was my my goal was to, to just go to Austin and live there forever. But um, you know, then the next opportunity came up and I ended up in Dallas. So.
0: Yeah, man, I love the city of Austin. I mean, I don't know it the way that you know it, having gone to school there and being from being a native <laughs> Texan or well, I guess you were born in Florida I think but you know more or less a native Texan right but um I do love that city the times I've been there and um but yeah so you were there actually did you work did you know uh Andy Parati at all
1: yes yeah I do I worked with him at K-View um for a few years and I love Andy he's great he's awesome
0: yeah awesome well you guys are also in the club of uh being on this podcast (laughs) now so that's (laughs) that's exciting um
1: he's a good one he's a good one to talk to
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he he was great. Actually, he, he he definitely like unveiled. We were breaking some news on the podcast with Andy in terms of uh, his past and his his speeding tickets that prevented him from getting a job in TV at first and stuff like that. What I'll
1: have, to, I don't know that story. I'll have to listen. Oh yeah, yeah, we're breaking <laughs> news
0: on this podcast, so it's uh, okay. I think some of his bosses getting really.
1: juicy gossip
0: (laughs) yeah yeah there's a little bit oh and also uh, jay Plyburn was was the most recent episode so you know jay as well
1: oh great yep what a great guy
0: yeah yeah but anyway um so you uh you were odessa midland so did you fulfill the full three years or did you leave a little bit earlier than that
1: i left in two and a half i left uh i had been working with connections in austin i was ready to go when that two and a half year came up and i knew i had that out and i was out the door i think um, it, it was great because I just, my news director, Jose, who we worked for in, in Midland Odessa was, um, really supportive of us moving up in our careers. It sort of understood at that time, you know, that this is how you get your foot in the door and he wanted to see us do well and succeed. So he was really happy for me that I got that opportunity in, in Austin. I put in my two, two weeks and that was it.
0: Yeah you know, I think it's crazy. Like, you know, what you said, I completely agree with it, of it being like a reporter boot camp, and it always struck me as almost like a, to me, it was almost like my graduate school, you know, degree. Yes. Oh, was, sure. I know, always say that. <laughs> yeah. Like you're getting paid virtually nothing. You're, I was racking up credit card debt and relying on my parents. So it was almost like I was paying to be there in some way. If you think about it, yeah. I was basically losing money to be there, but the education was just invaluable, priceless. Um, just from a social standpoint of becoming an adult and moving somewhere that's the middle of nowhere and meeting people. Um, and then also, you know, of course the journalism perspective, you know, the, the mistakes that I was allowed to make there that I wouldn't right. have been allowed to make, you know, in a top hundred market, I probably would have been fired for a, a couple of things um, <laughs> that were regrettable, but, um, right. but yeah, so, I mean, it, and I, I did cry, I think once, maybe twice, <laughs> but, um, you know, from, from freaking Jose, uh, you know, yeah. chewing me out, or just my my own fear of Jose, and and I love that guy, but yeah. but man, I mean, I respected him so much and wanted to prove myself that I, there was so much pressure on my shoulders. Oh, mostly self. definitely trying
1: to prove ourselves. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, just just the whole time. But um, and then you know, with that pressure, we also had fun on the weekends too. So that it was oh like, yeah, it was, was kind of like grad school. But um, we was,
1: yeah, we were and we were all working such crazy hours and didn't care. It was like we were with all our friends at work and. If I had to work a double, it was like, oh, well, all my friends are here anyway. So I'm just going to hang out at the station all day, all night and weekends, making no money, but whatever. And it's funny you say that you only cried once. I think I didn't cry only once. (laughs) I I remember Jose coming up to me in the newsroom and saying, hey, Shannon, you made it through the entire day without crying. (laughs) It's a miracle. It's truly a miracle. But I left there with a lot thicker skin. I mean, I can, I can handle it now, but back then, man, I could not.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I could not handle
1: anyone, you know, getting onto me for anything or telling me something, you know, wasn't good enough or wasn't enough, or they wanted more for me. I just, I just couldn't handle it. Couldn't handle the pressure, but now I feel much stronger from that.
0: Yeah, it definitely thickens your skin mm-hmm. and, and everything. I mean, it's just like, you know, and we'll move on to some other stuff, but it's just funny. Cause like, you know, honestly, like that was the hardest experience for me like i moved on to hartford connecticut market 30 i was in pittsburgh for four years until recently market i don't know 23 24 you know you're in a top five i think it is or top 10 for sure Mm -hmm. um yeah i don't know for me me, like that was the the, that first job was the hardest like from there it actually got easier so
1: well and that's what i always tell interns when we have interns at our station i tell them look like stick with it if you really love this profession you can make it you can make a living in this business and you can have a job that that doesn't bring you stress every single night all day and, and you can have like some perks and you can actually enjoy you know going to work and not not feel that same I mean there's pressure in different ways um, when you get to those bigger markets but you feel prepared when you start in the small markets you know I don't I felt ready to be here in Dallas. It, it was intimidating, but yeah, but I got over that pretty quickly because once I got in here, I was like, you know what, I, I can do this. I'm ready for this and, and I'm keeping up with the other reporters in this market. So um, I always tell reporters that. I'm like, look, it's going to be hard for a few years. You got to push through if you really love this and work your way up and keep your connections with you know, people in, in bigger markets and um, keep striving for that next market that next goal that you have in mind and you'll get there but it it sometimes it's hard to see that when you're in that small market and yeah you're barely paying your rent your parents are helping you out and racking up the credit card debt I did some of that as well which I regret that's my other advice to people (laughs) try to avoid that as much as possible (laughs) but it was that was those are hard times but um but it, it does get better
0: yeah it does it does uh it's good advice um yeah i mean i you know i may or may not have uh bought tickets to the super bowl on ebay on my credit card when i lived in uh midland odessa when the steelers made i remember
1: when you did that (laughs) you came to dallas and we hung out at my parents house
0: yes yeah it's uh rodney and uh, anyway we're not gonna get and
1: andy rod and andy yes
0: yeah those those good times good times there and and very hospitable uh love your parents um But yeah, yeah, that was probably not the, the best financial decision. But I don't know. So yeah, <laughs> no. don't do that. Don't do what I did. But um, I was yeah. like,
1: okay, I'll pay like,
0: exactly. it off later. Exactly. My life to deal with the crippling <laughs> interest. Um, yeah. But uh, you know, it's tough not to pull out the credit card a little bit. You just got to be wise with it um, if you're at that age. Right. So. Um, so so right. that brings us to. I mean, you're you've been in Dallas now for is it five years? Four years. Four, Four years. years. Okay. And you are? What is your? Are you morning anchor slash reporter?
1: So morning reporter, and I fill in anchor quite a bit. Um, we have a six-hour morning show, um, so we have two anchor teams. So anytime somebody's off, or if someone's off on the weekend show, um, I kind of move into that role. But uh, mostly reporting and uh, covering anything and everything, sort of the overnight news, news of the day, or it could be a fun feature story. And that's the good thing about morning news is you really get the variety and you do get a chance to show your personality. I mean, today, this morning I was standing out in the rain um, talking about weather, you know, which is always a blast, but, uh, you know, other days it's it's crime or it could be politics. Um, but I, I like to do the featurey stuff too and, and show my personality and have fun too. So that's, it's nice to have something different every day
0: yeah that is I mean that's definitely one good thing about the being a morning show person is that um you know you are able to show your personality sometimes whereas if you're mm-hmm. you know I was a nightside reporter most of my career and it's mostly crime um and, and bad news and you you really can't you know just your personality while you're doing the live shot about a murder you know you just can't so no, and I
1: was nightside before coming here and in Midland-Odessa. I was also nightside for a little bit. So both of my previous jobs, that was the shift I had as well. And so I remember my first day at Fox Ford, they said, oh, we want to give you something easy, something light and fun so we can introduce you on air and the anchors can talk to you and, and you know, introduce you to the viewers in a fun way. I was like, oh, okay, that sounds fine. They sent me to this travel and adventure show. And my first live shot on air, I rode a camel. (laughs) And I was thinking, this is not easy to me. Like they said, oh, just have fun with it. It'll be an easy first day on air for you. Right. No, no, no. That to me was way harder because I was like, please send me to breaking news. Please send me to, is there a fire somewhere, crap, anything? Just send me somewhere. That's what I know. That's, that's easy. Let me just give you the facts. But if I'm out here. My first day on air, I'm already nervous. And now I've got this added layer of pressure of this is out of my comfort zone because I didn't do a lot of this previously. Um, so, But it, it ended up going, going well. It was, it was all good. But uh, they thought it was going to be something easy. And actually, in some, in some instances, showing your personality on air can be a challenge for us reporters who are used to just, you know, kind of going through our, our bullet points and the facts and the information. And that was something new for me riding a, a camel
0: yeah that's <laughs> yeah oh just a nice easy assignment yeah. ride an animal you've never rid you know, that, uh, yes what um, could
1: go wrong what could go wrong right. no nothing at all nothing really to fine.
0: um that's yeah. a really good point actually about quote showing your personality can be difficult and i think a lot of no one really thinks of that but i mean imagine if you took someone on the street and said hey nice to meet you can you show me your personality real quickly yeah I mean, what, what would you just do? just be yourself like, yeah be yeah. yourself don't do anything and then like you start acting weird and they're like no no don't do that just be yourself and you're like no that that is my you know it's, it's just like it's, yeah. it's actually surprisingly difficult to quote be yourself you know on the spot or quote right. show your personality so it's oh
1: and we'll ride roller coasters here six flags will come out with a new roller coaster and they're like hey shannon you're gonna ride it live on air which is fun and i love to do it but then you're riding a roller coaster on TV and the camera, they have it all set up on the camera that six flags goes above and beyond. They do a great job where they set up the lights and camera, the mic, everything right there in this, in the seat where you're strapped in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we just, you know, dial in back to the station and they can take that feed from there. But your face is on camera and you're riding a roller coaster. So you're thinking, okay, do I scream? Do I put my hands up? Like I'm overthinking every little thing because I'm aware that people are watching me do this. And it's just like a few minutes of me not really talking because I'm on a roller coaster and can't really (laughs) say too much and hold a conversation. So um, those are always interesting live shots because it's it's fun and something that a lot of people probably want to do. It's a great experience, especially if you're, you know, trying to get content for a demo reel like, oh, I'm going to ride this roller coaster. This would be something really good. But some of those live shots, I look back and I'm thinking, oh, God, I'm, I'm like screeching it's it's not good you know so yeah. you live and learn yeah,
0: yeah absolutely um so what would you say um what is it like and, and just you know in brief what it what is it like reporting and anchoring in Dallas which you know Dallas Fort Worth but Dallas a, a place where you you know grew up went to high school and, mm-hmm. and uh, what is that like
1: um well it's been great I mean News-wise, it's good because it's really busy here. It's never a slow news day. There's so much happening. It's it's a large market, a large area, a lot of area to cover. Um, And just personally, yeah, growing up here, I know a lot of people here, which is great. Uh, My family doesn't live here anymore. My parents moved, my sister moved, so I'm the only one here now. But um, yeah, it's been good just having, you know, so those friends from, from high school and from childhood and teachers who will reach out to me on, you know, social media and say, oh, I'm so proud of you, watch you on the news every morning. And that's kind of cool. And, you know, every now and then out in the community, I do run into people who, who I knew from back in the day, or people will send me story ideas and it definitely helps to, to be local and be familiar with people, places and things and how to pronounce things even.
0: Right right yeah absolutely yeah i felt that way um with with pittsburgh um right as well i mean it it just uh it definitely it gives you a little bit of an advantage to be from the city i mean it's Mm -hmm. not necessary but i also felt a little bit more like a stakeholder in my reporting right um whereas in connecticut and odessa it kind of felt like i had nothing to lose sort of um which is not to say that i didn't care because oddly i did care about the stories even though i wasn't from there but um but i just seemed to care maybe more or in a different way um, in a city right. where I grew up. Okay. Um, so I, I'm curious about the Dallas market. I know that you, um, so I actually have two relatives that have worked there. No, three. Um, one is, is my uh, older cousin, who's more like an uncle to me, um, Marty Griffin, who, who worked, I think, for FAA, uh, I want to say, whatever the NBC is, uh, way back in the, the 80s and 90s. Um, Mm -hmm. and then, uh, my, my cousin, uh, Dan Haggerty worked, um, Mm -hmm. Dallas and his wife, Kristen severance. Um,
1: yeah. uh, And they're in Portland now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They're up in Portland, which are are your parents in Oregon. They're in Seattle. Seattle. Okay. So close. Um, yep. Yep. And then, uh, and then actually Marty's wife, Christine also worked in Dallas a little bit. So, um, I have a lot of family yeah. members that work there, but I never have. Um, there's someone I'm curious about who I see on social media, and I think it's the competition. So hopefully, hopefully this doesn't get you in trouble. But what is the situation <laughs> with uh, Dem- Demetria Obelor? Like she has like over <laughs> half a million followers, and I, I see her like dancing and stuff. And does she do uh-huh. the same job that you do?
1: So she actually just left. I believe oh. she was at WF. She was at WFA. She was a morning traffic anchor at WFAA, um, and she just left. And I'm not sure what she's doing now. Um, I know she previously was in Vegas, so I'm not sure if she went back to Vegas or going going back there for a little bit. Um, I don't know, you know if she's formally announced what she's doing next. But yeah, she's got a, a huge social media following, um, and I know viewers here really. Connected with her, really liked her. Um, she was the traffic reporter in the morning, so you know people really get to know those staple people in the morning—the weather, traffic, and the anchors on the morning show. So, um, but yeah, I'm, I actually don't know her personally. Um, I probably just know her in the same way you do through social media, because especially since she wasn't ever reporting in the field, I never met her. Um, I just know who she is. But but typically, I do know you know all, the, especially the morning reporters. We're all really tight friends and you know one of my best friends is hannah davis who's a morning reporter at at wfaa so um even though we are the competition we typically you know do know each other and we all get along and um you know try to try to look look out for each other a little bit so um so yeah but i don't actually know demetria personally
0: yeah okay cool um no i was just curious um you know she uh, she i think she has six hundred thousand followers on instagram um yeah, a few,
1: like, viral kind of m- moments, I think, that really, you know, especially when she first started here, and, um, and so, like, she reacted to, I think, a viewer, a viewer had set, re- written in something about something that she wore, I believe, and she responded, and, um, and, you know, sort of, I think it, it started a conversation, I guess, about body image on air, and, you know, what's appropriate or inappropriate to say to people, that kind of thing. Um and I think WFAA really um, you know, gave her that platform, allowed her to to have that conversation on air and in a public way. Um so her brand definitely expanded beyond um Dallas Fort Worth or beyond Vegas or beyond where she'd worked um with some of those situations.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It reminds me a little bit of um, this guy Nick Koser or Kosier um, out of Fox 46 in Charlotte.
1: Oh, yeah, he does the dancing videos.
0: The dancing guy, yeah. Right? So he's yes, now, yeah,
1: his dances are so good.
0: They're really good. He's now at 1.1 1. 1 really million, 1. 1 million oh, followers. Well, a, but now
1: he's like got this pressure. He has to keep it up. He has to release all these videos, like, weekly almost, it seems. Um,
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> one of his coworkers, uh, Matt Grant, was on the podcast a couple episodes ago, and so I was asking a lot of uh, poor Matt. I was asking a lot of questions about Nick. um Just you know, just curious. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's just uh, interesting to see. I mean, very rarely do you see a local news person these days get over a million followers. You know, and right, um, and right. Kind of irony well, but that's that, what
1: it's all. I mean, everyone's worried about you know branding and getting that following, and you know, I feel that pressure to a degree too. God, it's like I'm just trying to get to. I have 10,000, a little more than 10,000 on Twitter, um, a little more than 10,000 on Facebook. I'm nowhere near that on Instagram, but I'm trying to, that would be, that was my goal was like 10,000. That's what I want a million. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's a tough, it's It's an interesting thing. I mean, because when you get a million followers, my theory on that is that his life is actually forever changed. Um, he actually could just quit tomorrow and just start doing dance videos and fill up sponsorships. You know, people will, uh, companies will just pay him to plug products oh, yeah. um, enough to just make a living. So once you get a million, I mean, your life is is just changed forever. Um, but at the same time, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes if if you're like a big J journalist, you know, both Demetria and uh, Nick seems like they, they didn't really get famous for like doing what they like what they were hired to do. Right. Because like Nick wasn't right. hired to dance per se. He was hired to do weather um and they both like do a lot of dancing a lot of music stuff a lot of hip-hop stuff which i love i think it's cool but like it's interesting it's not really they're not doing like the job description necessarily you know in full full that they were hired to do right um, right it's just very fascinating very fascinating thing to me but
1: well you do become sort of like this personality on top of being a meteorologist or a traffic anchor, you know, you on top of being a reporter, I mean, on really, especially on, on Facebook and Twitter, I do a lot of news updates, but on Instagram, I'm posting pictures of my day-to-day life and what I did over the weekend and my friends and me or my, my family. And so, um, you know, people do get to know you beyond what you were hired to do. It's just not the same job it was. Even when we really started, you know, for me, like ten years ago, it just—it's changed so much in that way.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, it's very, very different um, than it was ten years ago, and it's crazy that we started ten years ago. It's time has flown Well, by. and
1: that's why like to me, like, if you think about, oh, we're—you go- could quit tomorrow if you have a million Instagram followers, but Instagram is still a lot of the social media is still relatively new, and mm-hmm. so who knows where it will go next, and is how sustainable is it, and you know that. It's interesting to think of really building a career and a life out of that. Um, yep. So I don't know. I yeah. have a lot of mixed feelings about it.
0: All right. Well, that's why I'm trying to get my TikTok followers up right now. <laughs> that's the oh my
1: god! I coach a girls' running team of third through fifth graders, and they're incredible at TikTok. I don't know how they come up with these videos. They're so impressive.
0: They're so the kids are So mixing. so good at it. It's unbelievable. They're, I literally feel yes. like a literal dinosaur. Like I I just cannot. I, I thought I was creative until I watched some of these TikTok videos, and I just – I cannot hang with these kids. Um, no, yeah. yeah. For people who don't know what it is, because I, I think not everyone knows yet, um, although I do think it's kind of like the new – it's going to be the next big thing if it are, if it already isn't. But um, TikTok mm-hmm. used to be called Musical.ly or music, ly. It was a Chinese company, and uh, they kind of got bought out by – Wait, maybe yeah, and anyway, I think they bought, got bought out by another Chinese company, um, and uh, it's just really grown it's just it's an app where you uh, upload like 15 second videos of yourself, but right in the app, you can do a lot of video editing and add music and um, a lot of like trippy filters and stuff and and it, these things just go viral and and yeah it's just kind of like the new blend of YouTube with Snapchat and Instagram all into one, but. Um, mm-hmm. We, yeah, so I'm, I'm working at a school district right now and like helping them set up a video program from top to bottom. And one of the things I wanted to do is kind of like revolutionize the school announcements because, you know, people don't really want to be news, anch- news anchors as much as they used to. Now they want to be YouTubers and TikTok stars. Mm-hmm. And, and so our, our announcements now, our video announcements are all TikTok videos. So we just have- Oh, the- wow. Do a 15 second TikTok video and then we blast that out to like Google Classroom and then they have, you know, their own TikTok page as well, like a shared TikTok page as well. And we have teacher oversight. Wow. On it. It's not inappropriate. But, yeah, it's been fun. It's
1: been... That's really creative. That's interesting. I need to get on TikTok. I need to figure this out. I got to get ahead of it.
0: Yeah, I kind of resisted I'm too late. I'm
1: already behind. I'm already behind.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, you'd be good at it. Um, but, yeah, so we'll switch gears and, and go from light to heavy for a little bit. What would you say is the hardest story you've ever had to cover?
1: Oh man. There are a few that come to mind that, you know, some were hard for different reasons. Um I think you know the the one that was very difficult, um there was a flood in Wimberley, which is kind of the hill country outside of Austin. really bad, um, you know, heavy rain, Um, and there was a a family that died, two families that died. They were staying in a home on the water, and it was on stilts, and the the flood took out the the home, and um, it was just a very emotional, you know, of course, we we got the 911 calls. We had, you know, cell phone videos, all these things that just, these elements that just were really gut-wrenching, and, you know, some of that stuff, we didn't even put on tv because it was it was too difficult to to watch and to hear um but I as a reporter you know listened to all of it um and and that was very heavy and something I've never forgotten I can still see the pictures of you know the little kids and and the mom and you know the dad actually did survive um And, and, you know, you think, gosh, but how do you, how do you, do you really survive when you lose your wife and children and, and your best friend and their, her, his wife and children, you know, it was just, it was a very sad story. And and we were out there for, you know, it felt like weeks out there covering it because we were covering all the flooding. And then, you know, at at first they were, you know, they were missing people, the search and rescue crews were out there hoping, you know, to find someone still alive and, and that kind of thing. So that was just a very, very heavy story um i also was in austin when the the south by southwest crash um happened um and i covered that story all the way through the trial when the the driver went to trial and um you know i mean quite a few people died in that crash it was an i was actually off that week attending south by southwest when that crash happened and um so it felt personal in, in some ways too um and then just most recently covering Hurricane Harvey in, um, in Houston was difficult, not only because it, it was sad and it was hard to see, you know, Houston in that condition, but it was challenging. We're just, you know, trying to get around town, trying to cover it in general was very difficult and um, stressful because everything was flooded. It was you couldn't get anywhere, and so we were trying to just get to the hard-hit areas, trying to report on, you know, the the people who were trying to get into their homes, trying to tell the stories of the people who lived there, the first responders, Um, and and it was it was hard to tell the stories we wanted to tell because we just physically could not get to the spots where we needed to be, and it was just overrun with media too. There was media everywhere. Um, You know how that is when you're covering covering a huge story. And, and it can be really taxing in that way. Long, lots of very long days, obviously covering a, a, it's one thing to cover the hurricane, but then when you cover the aftermath of the, the disaster, um, you know, when they're dealing with the flood and they're dealing with the damage and the destruction, um, it's a whole different thing. So, um, you know, those are, those are three that really, really stick out, but there are definitely those, you know, day-to-day stories that can be really hard and really heavy. And, you know, With Fox, we do have an employee assistance program and we have a counselor that, you know, we can call 24 hours a day. And I've used that. I've taken advantage of it because sometimes you do need to talk through things with people and process what you witnessed or what you experienced or the story you had to tell. Because sometimes as reporters, we really were able to compartmentalize while we're at work. We're able to kind of shut it off and, and you empathize and you're human always first. But you still are able to get out there, do the job you need to do um, and try to tell the best story you can tell. But then you go home and you sit down on the couch and you're like, man, that, you know, that was really sad. That was really hard. And you try to process those emotions and um, yourself. So there are definitely, you know, those moments that stick out to me from the last 10 years, really. And really, I mean, I don't know if you were in, were you in Midland Odessa when the train crash happened?
0: During the train oh, accident, no, I, think I had left. I think yeah. you had
1: just left, yeah, I was yeah. right at the end of my time there and and that's also one you know there was a a parade for people who aren't familiar, a parade of veterans going through town and um they got stopped on some train tracks and a a train crashed into one of the the beds um of the the parade, and there were disabled that. veterans crazy. on there, yeah,
0: news, yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, it became a huge, yeah, it was a national news story. And that was the first really big national news story I'd ever covered. You know, I was in that market and all of a sudden all the reporters from Dallas, Houston, San Antonio, even outside of Texas, people were coming in from all over. I'd never experienced anything like that. Um, So for many reasons that that incident really stands out too.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, people, you know, don't realize, I mean, as a reporter, you know, sometimes you go into these situations and you have this really, truly like front row seat to someone's misery sometimes. Um, And sometimes you have to like totally let it inside you or else they don't want to talk to you because they can kind of sense that you're fake or that you don't care. So you have to like really absorb it and like really be listening and really take it in. But that, you know, that takes a toll on you. And I mean, I've had times where I come home and I, I almost have this weird feeling where I'm like, you know, this family is going through so much. Like, I almost feel like I don't deserve to have dinners. So it's like this weird feeling of like, yeah. how, can like I, how am
1: I going to go home and just you know, clock out and call it a day? How do you right. do that? How do you turn right. it off? You don't, right. you really don't. Right. Yeah. Um, because yeah. like I said, you have to be human first and, and you're right. You know, people see that and they, and they realize like, okay, this is, you know, someone with some compassion and you have to, you have to have that in this business because, um, you know, you, you, you can't really shut it off, and if you want to be a good storyteller, you want to be a good human, a good person. You want to do your job well. You've got to have that empathy too for the people you're interviewing, the people you're doing doing stories on.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. It's it's, uh, it's a fine line, and uh, there's some good quotes actually in uh, Anderson Cooper's um, book, um, Dispatches from the Edge. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think I read when I was in Odessa, and and it's a short book, but. Uh, really good stuff in there about like the, the talks about this exact topic um, that I would recommend mm-hmm. to reporters um, yeah. why, you know, we talked about like these folks who, um, you know, get a lot of attention through like dancing and stuff and, and uh, who are, you know, in the news business. Um, but, you know, for like a straight up reporter who's not weather and who's not traffic, mm-hmm. we discussed how it can be hard to like display your personality because you know or, or like you know some of your personal preferences or stuff like that because like you know during a report mm-hmm. you go off and start talking about you you're not really supposed supposed to make it about you necessarily so I mean, mm-hmm. like, why, why did you uh, kind of segues into like why did you decide to do a podcast interview
1: why did I decide to do a podcast interview right now with you yeah <laughs> um Well, I do, you know, first of all, you're my friend and you asked and I thought, why not? Um, Also, you know, I do think it's good to let viewers in a little bit and to let, you know, if other reporters are listening to this, which I think I'm sure that, you know, they may. um, I think it's, I love to, I love to work with young reporters and give advice and insight. And, and I also, I like to pull back the curtain. I like for people to know what our process is and what our experience has been. I think it helps viewers, um, you know, when they're watching the news to know more about us and how we got to where we are and ha- how our job works. Because a lot of people just don't understand what, what the news business is like, especially for me on a morning show. I mean, people always ask me like, what time do you go in? What time do you go to bed? Who writes your stories? Who, who came up with that idea? And it's like, I, I pitched the idea or I wrote the script or, you know, it's like, I want people to kind of have a better understanding of our industry. And, um, and like I said, I like to pull back the curtain a little bit. I think it's great for viewers to, to get to know us on that personal level too. And, and I do have, I will say that as a morning show reporter, viewers do get to know me pretty well. Cause I do get to show my personality. I do get to interact with the anchors and yeah. um, really have become part of that brand as well. And so you know, viewers, especially for a morning show, people, there are people who are just very religious watchers. They wake up, they're having their breakfast, getting the kids ready, and they've got the news on in the background and they, and we're in their homes every morning and they really feel that connection with us and feel like they know us on a personal level. So I, I think that's, and I think that's good. I, I like having that connection with people. I like when I go out and people say, oh, I saw you were getting breakfast tacos the other day with your photographer and you guys have so much fun together. You know, I think that that's kind of cool. And, and I like that people feel like they can know me in that way.
0: Yeah. What's your, what's the, what's the best breakfast taco spot in in Dallas?
1: Oh, so there's a place called El Jordan. It's in Bishop Arts, um, a, a neighborhood. Um, How remember? do you spell the Oak name? Cliff area? area. L-E-L and then like Jordan, J-O-R-D-A-N, El Jordan. Um, But it's really good and cheap, authentic. Um Yeah, my photographer and I like to go there a lot. Um, There are a few spots, like especially out in some of the suburbs that we've discovered. There's a place called um, Mama's Place in Italy. Not Italy, Italy.
0: Down in Italy.
1: Italy, Italy, Texas. And we love that place. It's so good. What we usually do, if we're in a town that we're not familiar with, we ask um, a police officer, where are we going to find the best breakfast tacos? Or where's the best breakfast? And they always know the the spots.
0: Nice. That's a good idea. It's a great idea. Mm -hmm. Um, so just on that topic, well, the topic right before that topic, before the tacos topic, um, what what is the (laughs) biggest misconception that most viewers have? Do you find either about you or just about like journalism, you know, Fox four?
1: Oh, um, I think the biggest conception, honestly, is just that people think we have a, a, an agenda, um, or a bias and I'm not going to say that 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 doesn't exist in certain um, on on certain platforms or in certain certain shows on different networks um, because there are some shows that are more conservative or more liberal or they have political analysts coming on their shows and a lot of times people don't know the difference between the local news reporter and the political analyst who has a lot of opinions they're sharing. Um, And so that can be frustrating for me when I feel like I have to defend myself or explain myself and say, hey, I'm just doing my job. I'm going to do everything I can to share both sides of a story and to be fair and to be honest and to give the facts. Um, And most journalists I know, 99.999% of them are, are doing that same thing and have that same goal every day when they go out the door to do their job. Um, and I've had people ask me, like, oh, when you guys sit around in the morning meeting and do you talk about, you know, what kind of spin you wanna put on things or you know, people say stuff like that. And I'm like, No, that's not a conversation that's ever had. I mean, we just say, Hey, what are the what is what's the news today? What are the stories today? What do we need to cover? What's it what do our viewers care about? What do they need to know? Um and and that's how we make those decisions. So there's not as much, uh, you know, people think we have these, you know, agendas and, and I just don't think that that that's really what's what's going on you know and also just the basic stuff people are usually surprised to hear that I write my own script and I'm like well what else would I do all day if I wasn't doing that you know I mean that's the majority of my job is is interviewing people and logging the interviews and then writing the scripts um and and that's really my favorite part of the job um so I think you know people are always surprised to hear that they just think you know that we're talking heads and we just show up and it's all written for us. So that's again, why I like doing the podcast because I I want people to kind of understand the process better.
0: Right. Right. Absolutely. Um, So why do you, I mean, you know, obviously the first few years, the first two and a half years for sure are tough. You know, you're, you're basically losing money. You're not even really making money essentially. Um, (laughs) Right. You're crying every day. I mean, you know, it's just a disaster (laughs) in some sense, but you know, and then you move up and then, you know, people, I think a lot of people still think we're rich, you know, that we're making millions, but and in some cases, that was true in the 1980s, you know, with like the type of era that Anchorman makes fun of. Um, there were million-dollar anchors, a lot of them then, and even, even possibly reporters. But the salaries have gone way down, and, and that's good in a way for us because it means mm-hmm. they're also hiring younger people in bigger markets. But anyway, with this right. all, what this all leads up to is, you know, why do you do this? Why do you do this career? What drives you? Are you trying to become famous? Are you trying to become rich? Do you want to tell good stories? And and what is your end goal? Do you want to be on national news? Do you want to be the the best anchor in Dallas? What what are your thoughts?
1: Um, wow. Well, I think that why I do this job, first of all, is I love writing. I love storytelling. I really, um, I feel I always felt like this is something I would be good at, and I enjoyed I enjoyed being on camera. I enjoy. Um, interviewing people. I love to meet people. I love to talk to people and ask questions. I've always been very inquisitive. Um, And it just felt like a natural career path. I did our local news in high school at our little, you know, our high school news station. Um, And I loved it. I really thrived and enjoyed it and thought, oh man, like this would be such a fun job. And Um, so there were just so many aspects of it that just made sense for me. And then once I, and really, when I graduated college, I was open-minded. I thought, you know, if there was was a good PR job or a marketing job, maybe I would do that instead. So I was applying for all kinds of jobs and it just so happened that I got a job in TV news and took it and here I am 10 years later. So, you know, I think that it just worked out and, and thank God it, you know, worked out the way it did. Um, and I think, you know, what was, what was your other question?
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there were two um, yeah, questions in there. That thing. was a little too many at once. Um, no, you had to, like, <laughs> the first part. Um, the next part is just what's your end goal? Like, where do you, yeah. you know, do you, do you. That's do you something I, think
1: about a, I think about that a lot because it was easy at first, right? You know, you're in a small market and you think, okay, I want to get to a top 50 market. Then you get to that top 50 market and you think, okay, I want to get to a top 10 market. Then I've got to the top 10 market and it's like, huh, now what? yeah I used to always think i always always think I wanted to be a network news correspondent traveling the world covering the big story you know every day um and sometimes I do still want that and I, I i think that would be incredible and I would love that opportunity but then I also have a lot of friends who you know do that and and that's not an easy lifestyle um you're on the road a lot and it can be very challenging um Hard to have a personal life, I think, when you're at that level. But um, you know, it's hard to say if there was an opportunity to do that, like it would be hard to pass up. But at the same time, I've definitely gone to a place where I could see myself in Dallas for the next twenty years, which is is weird to say because I I've always been the kind of person, you know, what's next? What's next? What's next? And I'm always thinking about that next step, that next goal. Um, and we'll see how things play out. But um, you know, I I re-signed a contract here in Dallas a couple of years ago, and that was the first time I'd ever re-signed a contract somewhere and it said, "Hey, I'm going to stay here a little longer." Um, so, you know, that was and it felt good. I felt like, you know what, I'm I'm happy staying here. I'm I'm still being challenged. I'm still learning. I'm working with some great people, some smart, experienced people who um, are are a great support system and it's a good team. And so I'm I feel like I'm in a good spot because if there's a great opportunity, I can go for it. And, and if the best opportunity and the best job for me is staying here, then I'm good with that too. And um, I think it could be a great life to work in this market for a long time, for an extended period of time. And, and this was one of the first markets where I got here and many of our anchors have been here 25, 30. We even have an anchor who's celebrating 40 years on yeah. the air at our station. Yeah. You just never hear that. So, so many of our photographers, our producers, they're all, you know, they've been here dozens of years. It's just really impressive to work with those someone who's, who's been in the same, same place for so long and they're enjoying it still. So um, it's been a shift for me to think about that and think, oh, wait, is this it? And if this is it, am I okay with it? And yeah, I am. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. Um, you know, I would love to anchor a little, I would love to anchor more. Um, and I also, I want to keep working towards another goal and I don't want to ever get, I don't want to be complacent. So we'll see.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, sounds like, op-
1: I know I didn't really give an answer. I'm just, no, I'm open-minded. No, that, was, that was actually a
0: fantastic <laughs> answer. Very like introspective and, and intelligent. Um, so I like that answer a lot. I, I, th- I think my answer would be similar to that. Um, right. So, um, even though I'm not a news reporter currently, but, um, it would, it would right. Sp- well, and
1: that's the other thing It's you never know what other opportunities could come your way outside of the business. And, and this business is changing so much. There are so many ways we can use our skill set um, in other industries and in other fields or within the business. And I, I love to see how it's changing and evolving. So um, I guess it could be anything. I'm not yeah. sure.
0: Don't, don't box yourself in. Um so let's talk quickly about, um, you know, your passion project or one of them, which is the, the being the running coach. And, and so I've seen that on, yeah. some, uh, I forget what it's called, like shoes for girls, yeah, it's, uh,
1: oh, it's girls on the run, girls, girls on, the on the run. run. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, so what yeah, is that, you know, just in like two minutes or less, what is it? How'd you get involved and, and why do you love it?
1: Yeah. So, um, I got involved actually because my parents were involved with the program in Seattle and they told me about it and said, you would, you'd be good at this. Um, it's, it's a mentorship program essentially for girls third through fifth grade. Um, and it's a running program. We, we run and we also have a lesson. We meet twice a week. We have lessons that we incorporate into the running. Um, so, you know, we could be One of the lessons is, you know, using your star power, like overcoming obstacles in your life and being the best version of yourself. And we'll play a game that has to do with star power and combines running and then they run laps and ultimately they're training for a 5k. Um, I post a lot about it on social media. Um, I'm actually a coach ambassador for Girls on the Run International. So part of my role is to really help promote the program and recruit more coaches. Um, But it's, it's awesome. The girls are so fun. They're just, it's, they're just a bright part of my day to see them. They just make me laugh. They're so sweet and they love running and they're so into it. They get excited. And, um, and it's great to see how they really bond and with each other and connect. And, um, and I, I feel like they really get something out of the program because we're teaching them really valuable life lessons and life skills that I wish I'd learned when I was that age, just about, you know, being a good friend and, and, um, focusing on inner beauty and having empathy for others. I mean, these are lessons that hopefully they can carry into middle school and high school and beyond.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's very cool that you do that. How, how often are you participating in that? Is it once a week, once a month, once a year? It's
1: twice. So it's, we have a fall season and a spring season. Um, and we, it's a 10 week program and we meet twice a week for those 10 weeks. And then it's all capped off with our, um, 5k at the end so it is quite a time commitment but with my schedule being on the morning show you know I'm usually done by about 12 12 30 um, in the afternoon and then I coach in the afternoons um, so yeah, yeah. twice yeah, a week
0: that is quite a commitment actually um very mm-hmm. yeah um, so all right so we'll get into the the we'll, we'll start to come to a close here we'll get into what I like you know the rapid fire questions so your goal here is to really try to answer quickly, like oh. you know, oh, one. Yeah, it's it's tough for our, our our kind to do that, but yeah. um, you know, a, a, a one word answer if you can, a one sentence answer if you can, or if you have to, a one paragraph answer. Um, <laughs> so, um, do you um, what is your preferred method of caffeine? Coffee. Coffee. Uh, uh, hot, hot or cold?
1: Hot, and I drink like six cups of it a day.
0: <laughs> <So, All laughs> I'm right. on a morning
1: show. <laughs> it's right.
0: um What time do you get up uh, on average? During, you know, for work.
1: Two forty-five
0: in the morning. What time do you go to bed on average for work?
1: Ooh, should go to bed at like seven or eight p.m. Usually go to bed closer to nine, nine thirty trying to be better about that
0: (laughs) (laughs) favorite country or city you've ever traveled to Ooh,
1: uh italy the amalfi coast in italy
0: in a paragraph or less what advice would you give your 22 year old self
1: um stop comparing yourself to others be yourself and you're good enough
0: Nice. Um, favorite thing that you've purchased in the last year or so that cost $100 or less? Your favorite purchase in the last year has to be $100 or oh, less. $100.
1: Oh, I just bought some hiking boots that I love from REI. I know that sounds kind of lame, but I just went on no. a trip to Zion and that was like, it felt like a little bit of an investment, like, okay, I'm getting some good
0: hiking boots. Yeah. But yeah I what, got a good uh, boot. what brand are those? <laughs>
1: They are oboes, like O-B-O-Z.
0: Okay. And Zion's in, yeah. uh, is that Utah?
1: Yep, yep.
0: Very yep. nice, very nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm
1: going to think of something else later, like, man, I should have said that. But for some yeah. reason, these hiking boots just came to
0: mind. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's cool. Random. Um, We've got some really interesting answers. All of them, you know, I mean, that's actually one of the more interesting ones. So that'll tell you how, how the answers have been on, on that question um what is something this question is always tricky it kind of stumps people which is not the intention but what is something you you know bring with you to work just about every day when you're going to be reporting that to you is like indispensable like you got to have it it's really important to have but that Mm -hmm. might surprise people like it's not something that every reporter probably brings with them every day
1: Mm,
0: Someone said like toilet paper someone said snacks
1: um,
0: but it could be a tool. It could be like a clothes, like a clothing, you know, wardrobe accessory.
1: I mean, makeup. Like, I always have makeup and I always have these rollers that I put in my hair to try and get volume because we have a six hour morning show. And women will understand this, but my hair starts to go flat and it doesn't look as fresh. So in between live shots, I put these Velcro rollers in my hair uh-huh. sometimes in a live truck. <laughs> That's
0: the kind of answers I'm looking for. Okay, perfect. <laughs> so you have those every with you?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Wow. <laughs> what, uh, what TV show are you streaming right now or recently on like Netflix or HBO?
1: Oh, I just started watching The Morning Show <laughs> for obvious reasons. That new show with Reese Witherspoon and Jennifer Aniston. They're morning news people, yeah. Right. Yes, Steve Carell is the morning one of the morning anchors as well. I like it so far. I've only watched a couple episodes. I just started
0: it. I need to check that out for sure. Um, what is do you listen to podcasts?
1: Um, every now and then I do listen to podcasts, or especially if someone will send me a good episode or something that I need to listen to. Okay. Um.
0: Um if you could have a billboard on the most highly traveled road in Dallas and in Fort Worth and it could say anything or have any picture on it, anything you want, and it's free, and people could either know it's from you or not know it's that you're behind it, what would you have on it?
1: What would I put on a billboard?
0: Yeah, you just get a free oh billboard. You know, these things are worth sometimes tens of thousands of dollars, you know, the cost of advertising, but you can just be motivational. Oh. It could be you could just be your face and say, watch Shannon Murray every day. Could
1: yeah. Be- I mean, can it, can I be like totally just narcissistic? And I would put my Instagram handle, my social media handles and just say, go follow me. That way I can get to that million follower mark, like you said, and I'll be set for life.
0: Change your life. It's all because of the billboard. <laughs> um, <Yes. laughs>
1: follow better,
0: me for quality, quality.
1: Better start, content. Better start dancing
0: if you're going to hit a million. <laughs> um, <laughs> like Nick Kosier or whatever. Um, yeah (laughs) all right uh who's your favorite stand-up comedian of either of all time or or currently right now
1: oh Ellen DeGeneres I watched her special on Netflix recently it's so funny it's hilarious I love her
0: what did you think about her uh the the, because this happened in Dallas the the George Bush Mm uh George W. Bush thing where you know oh
1: I loved it I loved her response I thought it was genuine I thought it was funny of course um and I remember seeing that during the game and thinking, whoa, is that George Bush
0: and,
1: <laughs> and Ellen? Like, it's kind of funny. But, um, yeah, it was a great moment. And they both, they both responded perfectly.
0: Yeah. What is the uh, – the We long- need
1: more of that. We need more of that right now. <laughs> so, yeah,
0: yeah. What is yeah. The, uh, the longest distance you've ever run?
1: A marathon. Nice. 26.2. Is mm-hmm.
0: that in Dallas?
1: Um, I've done the Austin marathon twice.
0: Cool. Um, and is there a book, what book in your life have you, would you say that you've read the most, like, you know, the most times Mm. or like a book that you've given out the most as a gift? Is there any book that you would think of? Um,
1: Ooh, as a gift, I'm not sure of one I've given as a gift, but, um, my favorite book is the Nightingale, which is a really interesting, um, book that I loved. Um, someone just gave me Siddhartha and I, and told me to read it. So we'll see what I think about that. I'm always reading a few things at once. I feel like, um, so I need to sit down and focus and, and finish one book, you know, at a time. But I always feel like people are suggesting books or I see one that looks good. And and then I overwhelm myself with books I need to finish.
0: Right. What is, uh, how do you spell that one? The, the Dartha?
1: siddhartha s-i-d-d-h-a-r-t-h-a and i only can spell that because it's sitting right in front of me on my coffee table yes <laughs> no, I've,
0: I've heard of, of that i yeah. misheard there a bit um and mm-hmm. uh coming to a close um rap or country
1: rap Cats <laughs> or dogs dogs or cat i don't know dogs <laughs>
0: <laughs> um stick mic or a lavalier mic
1: Lavalier, 100%, always, always with the lob if I can.
0: All right. Well, that'll be your drop the mic moment right there. Lavalier going on the song. Thanks so yeah. much for coming on the podcast and uh, taking the time to talk, catch up a little bit. Very fun to uh, hear what's going on with you.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: For sure. And if people want to follow you on social media without having to put up a Ooh. Blog, what, uh, <laughs> what's the best place to find you and what are your handles?
1: Um, Instagram, Shannon Jo, J-O. Um, and then uh, Twitter, Shannon M. Fox 4. Facebook, Shannon Murray Fox 4.
0: Oh, they're all different.
1: Mm-hmm. That's Generally, cool. you know, some rendition of the same thing. Just search Shannon Murray. You'll you'll find me on yeah,
0: there. <laughs> we'll find it. It'll come up. It's easy. It's fine. It's fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. Awesome. Well, get some sleep. Um, you have work tomorrow, so I'll... I'll yep. uh, parental figure who says you know get some rest um but no thanks a all lot right. for uh, doing it and uh please share once i uh, get you the details on this episode absolutely thanks bo all right take care bye. bye thanks for listening to this episode of the reporter podcast with bo berman please share subscribe and leave a review on apple podcasts